How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Hillside Bowhunter Faith and Freedom Podcast. And uh, we're going to be continuing our Genesis chapters 25 through 50. Um, This is going to finish out our summary of Genesis. And um, last week we talked about God's covenant with Abraham. And and now we're going to be... talking about after uh, Abraham's death and what went on in the books of Genesis from there forward. Um, So let's get started. Following Abraham's death, God reveals to Isaac's wife, Rebekah, that she will soon give birth to two sons who will represent two nations, one stronger than the other. When Rebekah delivers, Esau is born first and is extremely hairy. Jacob, who is smooth-skinned, is born immediately after grasping the heel of his brother. Isaac's two sons grow to be opposites. Esau is a hunter and a brash man. Jacob stays at home, soft-spoken but quick-witted. One day... Esau comes home famished, demanding to be fed, and agrees to give Jacob his inheritance rights in exchange for a bowl of soup. Like his own father, Isaac prospers in Canaan, and despite occasional errors in judgment, enlarges his property, making alliances with area rulers and continuing to erect monuments to God. One day, When he is old and blind, Isaac instructs Esau to catch some game and prepare him a meal so that he may give the elder son his blessing. While Esau is gone, Rebekah helps Jacob deceive his father. Preparing a separate meal and disguising the younger son with hairy arms and Esau's clothing. When Jacob presents Isaac with the meal, Isaac smelling Esau's clothing and feeling the hairy body proceeds to bless Jacob promising him the inheritance of God's covenant and a greater status than his brother Esau returns to discover the deception but it is too late Isaac though dismayed says that he cannot revoke the stolen blessing so Jacob flees in fear of Esau, traveling the house of his uncle Laban in Upper Mesopotamia in route, Jacob dreams of a stairway leading up to heaven, where angels and God reside. In the dream, God promises Jacob the same covenant he previously made with Abraham and Isaac. Jacob arrives at Laban's house, where he agrees to work for his uncle in exchange for the land and Laban's daughter, Rachel. In marriage, Laban deceives Jacob into marrying Leah, Rachel's older sister. Before marrying Rachel, the two wives compete for Jacob's favor and, along with their maids, give birth to 11 sons and daughters. After 20 years, Jacob heeds God's urging and leaves to return to Canaan, taking his family 
his flocks, and Laban's collection of idols, or miniature representations of God, Rachel, who has stolen the idolic figurines from her father, hides them under her skirt when Laban tracks down the fleeing clan in the desert. Unable to procure his belongings, Laban settles his differences with Jacob, who erects a pillar of stone as a witness to God of their peaceful resolution. Found in chapter 31. Jacob continues on and nearing home, fears an encounter with Esau. Jacob prepares gifts to appease his brother and dividing his family and belongings into two camps. Spends the night alone on the river Jabbok. Jacob meets God, who disguised as a man, physically wrestles with Jacob until dawn. Jacob demands a blessing from his opponent, and the man blesses Jacob by renaming him Israel, meaning he struggles with God. <laughs> That's interesting. That's really interesting, actually. The next morning, Jacob meets Esau, who welcomes his brother with open arms. Jacob resettles in Shechem. I could be pronouncing that wrong, and I apologize. Not far from Esau, who has intermarried with the Canaanites and produced a tribe called the Edomites. Jacob and his sons prosper in peace until one day Jacob's daughter, Dina, is raped by a man from Shechem. Enraged, Jacob's sons say they will let the Shemamite marry Dina if all the members of the man's family will be circumcised. The man agrees, and while greater part of his village is healing from the surgical procedure, Jacob's sons take revenge and attack the Shemamites, killing all the men Isaac and Rachel die soon thereafter. Jacob's sons grow jealous of their youngest brother, Joseph, who is Jacob's favorite son. When Jacob presents Joseph with a beautiful multicolored coat, the 11 elder brothers sell Joseph into slavery, telling their father that Joseph is dead. Joseph is sold to Depasifar, a high-ranking official in Egypt, who favors the boy greatly, until one day his flirtatious wife accuses Joseph of trying to sleep with her. He throws Joseph in prison, but ever faithful to God, Joseph earns a reputation as the interpreters of dreams. Years pass until the Pharaoh of Egypt, bothered by two troublesome dreams, hears of Joseph and his abilities. Pharaoh summons Joseph, who successfully interprets the dreams, warning Pharaoh that a great famine will strike Egypt after seven years. Impressed, Pharaoh elects Joseph to be the highest official and Joseph leads a campaign throughout Egypt to set aside food in preparation for the famine. 
Famine eventually plagues the land, and learning of the Egyptian supply of grain, Joseph's brothers go to Egypt to purchase food. The eleven men present themselves to Joseph, who recognizes them immediately, but refrains from revealing his identity. Joseph's toys with his brothers and tests their goodwill, first throwing them in jail and then sending them back to Canaan to retrieve their newest brother, Benjamin. They return with the boy and Joseph continues his game, planting a silver cup in the boy's satchel and threatening to kill the boy when the cup is discovered. When Judah offers his own life in exchange for Benjamin's, Joseph reveals his identity. Joseph persuades his brothers to return to Egypt with Jacob, who, overjoyed, moves to Egypt with his family of 70. As Jacob approaches death, he promises Joseph that the covenant will pass on through Joseph and his two sons. Manasseh and Ephraim. However, when Jacob places his hands on the two boys to bless them, he crosses his arms, placing his right hand on Ephraim, the younger son. Joseph protests, but Jacob says that Ephraim will be greater than Manasseh. Jacob dies soon thereafter, and accompanied by the Egyptians, Joseph buries his father in Canaan. They return to Egypt, where Jacob's descendants, the Israelite people, grow rapidly. Joseph eventually dies, instructing his family to return one day to the land God has promised to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The division, so the analysis is the division of the world into binary opposites initiated with the creation story, dominates the latter half of Genesis. Just as light absolutely opposes darkness and male absolutely opposes female in the creation story. Esau and Jacob are diametrically opposed in everything from the appearance to their occupations and behavior. Rachel and Leah constitute another pair of binary opposites struggling with each other for Jacob's affections. uh, Oppositions continue not only between Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, but with other more intangible elements, such such as the wrestling match between God and man. The contrast between abundance and famine in Egypt and the... um, and the joyful welcome of Esau after Jacob's expectations of a violent homecoming alongside the motive of opposites runs as a motive of substitution or crossing. Jacob is blessed instead of Esau and Jacob himself crosses his arms when he blesses Joseph's sons, bestowing the higher blessing on the younger son. there you have it guys that that finishes up our book of uh genesis and um after that we're going to be um going into exodus 
And Exodus is the the time of Moses. And we're going to hear the amazing story of Moses. And um, it's going to be a good one because Moses, I think, is one of the strongest figures in the Old Testament. Because even in the New Testament, they continue to go back to the law of Moses. You know, God is the one that told Moses the story of Genesis. That's how this all this was written. Moses wrote the book of Genesis. And then Exodus, Moses lived during the time of Exodus. Um, and then obviously in Deuteronomy, uh, Moses passes away. But we'll get all we'll get into that later in the future episodes. But I hope you guys enjoyed our summary of the book of Genesis. Um, we finished that up today. Move on to Exodus. And that's that. And then um, in the next couple of days uh, for Christmas, I'm going to be releasing a devotional episode. It'll be a short episode and you'll be able to find it on Instagram as well. Um, I'm going to be releasing that on Instagram on the Hillside Bowhunter Instagram page. Um, if you don't want to tune into the podcast, if you happen to be scrolling on my page, you'll hear the weekly devotional uh, for Christmas. And it'll help you strengthen your faith. And it'll be a good thing to hear, you know, just before Christmas time. And, um, and I hope you guys uh, join me on that. It's going to be fun. And in the future, I'm going to be, in the next couple of weeks, going to be putting out a studio. And I'm going to be doing more of a video cast. Uh, more than um, just recording. Because right now, it's just me and a little mini microphone. So... I hope to soon get a legitimate like mini studio going with a legitimate microphone and we can do a video cast and, you know, show off the brand, show off Hillside Bowhunter, um, which reminds me, make sure to go to hillsidebowhunter.store. You can save 20% off with the code Hillside and um, also check out FNX Fitness. Uh, you can check them out on Instagram. They're a huge supplement brand, and they they have the best supplements. That I I, I I say this every episode. They just their their supplements are insane. Um, they have great products, and I and I, I hope you guys go check them out. And you can save money with them with the code Bowhunter15. And um, that's it, guys. Until next time. God gave you the right to hunt, so get out in the woods, go hunt if you're a deer hunter or just a hunter in general, and uh, have a great, have a great day. I'll see you guys on the next one.